This is Mish. Welcome to Millennial Love. Okay, loves, I'm trying to get this skin all the way together, so I've joined Cara in using BioClarity, and I love it. Within just a few short weeks, I already noticed clear skin and reduced blemishes, unlike other products that take forever to see results. I absolutely love the cool and soothing feeling from the cucumber and oat kernel extracts included in BioClarity. BioClarity doesn't use benzoyl peroxide, which causes dryness and irritation. And this product is truly for all skin types because I can tell it reduces my oiliness and shininess without drying out my skin. And for all my natural loves out there, BioClarity is good for the skin and mother nature. It's 100% vegan, gluten-free, and paraben-free. One of the best parts in using BioClarity is that it's quick and easy with only three steps. First, you cleanse with the foaming facial cleanser, removing dirt and oil. Next, you treat with the cream, attacking bacteria to clear your skin. And lastly, apply the Restore Gel and you're done. So make the move to clear skin. All you have to do is go to bioclarity.com and our listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings with 100% money back guarantee. Just enter our code LOV3. That's bioclarity.com entering the code LOV3. Finally, a treatment that actually works. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. This is episode. Is that a snort? 30. Yes. Eight. Is it 38? Are you so dead tonight? I'm tired. <laughs> She's mother fucking tired. This is Millennial Love. Where? Where we discuss. I'm going to help you. Sex. I'm going to help you, sis. Please. Love. And how and we, how we are. are tired as fuck. <laughs> no lie, y'all. We've been drinking and we are full. And it's what? What time is it? Like 10 o'clock? Ten thirty. Damn near. I don't know. On it's, a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. I'm just delirious. I have been very, very, very. I don't even know. I haven't had great you sleep. Just been out of it. You just yes, been out I just of been it. out Whatever. of it. Okay, You've so had great sleep because you're in that new damn apartment. Let's keep it <laughs> Hello. a buck. And it smells good. Listen, enough. I hate when niggas say just keep it a buck on Twitter. I hate it. A buck. I've what? actually never seen that in my life. It's like basically a hundred. I get, right. I, I okay, get it, but it, it's okay, dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <It's>... like it. <laughs> Keep it a book. So I'm how's excited. y'all's week been? Or a couple of days? I mean, right, because we, we just, just saw each other. Yeah, clearly. Um, My couple of days <laughs> have been okay. I mean, I've just been working. And uh, what have I done that was interesting this week? Nothing, really. Um, you tweeted all them stats. I tweeted the stats. To let y'all know that y'all need to vote for us for Cosign Mag. Because if we don't win, we go, I'm kidding. We're not going to. Tell them where to go to vote for us, Cara. Oh. Thank you, Justin. I'm going to talk like my therapist today. I'll talk like mine Good as well. Good evening, guys. Hi. Um, in order to vote for us, 
You go to www.cosign. That's my dog. Sorry, y'all. Come on, Charlie. www.cosignmag.com <laughs> backslash cosign awards. That's cosignmag, M-A-G, dot com backslash cosign awards. Y'all go vote for it. You can vote up to five times. Yes. Okay. And by the time y'all hear this, there will only be one day left to vote. So My vote, turn. vote, 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 vote. And I'm going to keep loading y'all timelines on both Twitter and IG <laughs> with it. So you might as well go on and vote. Thank y'all. Justin, Bobby. Listen, your nigga and your boy and your homeboy, your broski. <laughs> what? Your brother. What's happening? Is on cloud nine. Because a nigga got a job. Hey! 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 Hey, racks on racks on racks. Uh, racks on racks on racks. Hey. racks Sometimes on. you gotta boss up on these hoes. Get a new job and stunt on, on these hoes. Yeah. Hey. You think you right? Hey. You probably right. Hey. Get some coins and fuck it up all night. Hey. We turning up because he got a new job. Okay, I'm done. We, li- okay. we literally turned up. This is why we're back. <laughs> Again. And I'm delirious. And I'm sick because I'm sick, I'm sick we had to celebrate too. with you. Yeah, thank y'all for listening. We really did come thank in y'all. and Listen. immediately sat on the couch <laughs> right. and started. So, and like, you brought the champagne, Cara. So two bottles. Exactly. Yeah, it listen, was a mistake. Cara bought two bottles of champagne. She knew what she was doing. So, yeah. Thank you all so much for, like, celebrating with me. But I'm excited because I got a job offer. Waiting to get a second job offer. Um, so, it just feels really good to be black in America and to have options financially. So, yes. hallelujah. Come on, black in options. Know your worth. No, Hashtag know no, your, your worth. Word. Hashtag MO3. Hashtag, hashtag get money. Hashtag we tip too. <laughs> hashtag twenty percent ho. Hashtag vote for us. Hashtag I'm tired as fuck. Hashtag six figure nigga. Hey. Hashtag yo mama. <laughs> Sorry, that was that didn't go with the thing. No, it didn't. <laughs> I messed it up. And Suzanne will whip that ass. <laughs> Don't Suzanne. Get it hashtag Suzanne. Correct. <laughs> How about you, Mish? How's your week? Uh, it's been good. Um. I really, honestly, y'all do not know why I'm so delirious right now. It's just. Well, you better get up because you don't you have to go somewhere tonight? Yeah, but see, and that's the thing. Like, don't you hate it when, like, you pre-tell somebody you're going to go somewhere? That's why I don't do that. Dead. And, like, you about your words. So it's like, dang, I feel like I got to go now. Dead. Or, like, make up a reason why you're not going. I used to do that. I love to hit people with the, I'm not feeling well. I'm really not uh, feeling well, though. Listen, I used to do that, and then all of a sudden, my stomach would be bubbling every time. <laughs> it would be like going out for going out to a party that I really want to go in. So I stopped doing that. I'd just be like, yeah, just send me the info. I'm going to definitely hit y'all up. And then don't never hit them up. And don't ever hit them up if I don't feel like going. I'll respect them enough, depending on who it is, and say, like, look, I, I can't make it. And that's it. Like, people should understand. Like, people have lives they to have live. They have to understand. Especially if you're trying to turn up during the week. I, I want you to get mad. I want you to get mad at me for that. Midweek turnups are mid-week. the biggest struggle. However, midweek turnups are probably night. are. I have more fun during midweek turnups than Heck weekend yeah. turnups. Heck yeah! No lie, because you know you got to go to work that, the next right. day, so you're trying to get it Live in. It out. Right. Yeah, Friday night you be chilling. But something awesome that happened to me, I ran into my old supervisor from my first job. Yes. My first job was at Finish Line when I was in high school at the Irving Mall. And um, 
the supervisor that hired me, I ran into him and it was just like crazy to be 30 now because he was like, how old are you? Like 20? And I was like, I'm 30. <laughs> and he was like, wow, I'm getting old. But it was just really nice to run into like the person that started your working career. Yeah. Like he literally gave me my first chance ever. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. And then for him to just be like proud of where I'm at right now, because he was his son is actually autistic. I didn't know that. Oh, um, wow. Obviously, you know when I was in high school, but his son is autistic, and um, we had a, a really good conversation about that because he asked me what I do. I told him, and so it was just really nice to have a conversation with somebody that like yeah. is from the pla- the past. Listen, one of my years. favorite jobs was working at a shoe store. I used to work at Champs in college. Then it was nice, right? The music was, you always had like like hip hop and R and B music. You worked in the mall. Yep. You your friends to, like, could come in your, your job. Come to your job. Yep. Like you had like the latest shoes. Yep. People came in and got shoes. That's it. Like I mean, it's not like you had to. the 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 hardest part was like going back and forth in the back, get, grabbing new shoes. That was it. But. Yep. That was nothing, and it was fun. It was fun. Wow, and I then like you always it. had like managers who were fairly young too, like they exactly. were not like super old. Yep, I worked at DSW, and it was the worst worst experience of my life. So <laughs> well, I don't, I I don't well, the same I instrument say store. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say because they used to have me back in that clearance rack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had fun working at Baker's too, but the tennis shoe store, like that, was really fun because yeah. guys came in there, yeah. and so I would be like. Trying to holler. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got him. I got, we be in the back of the store. I got him. It's just but, fun. It's, it's yeah, a it was fun, fun level of selling with consumer sales. So and then you it. worked with people that were around the same age as cool, you. Yeah. And like y'all was clowning and whatever. It was really fun. And that's actually how I ran into him. He's now one of the regional managers for the company. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I'm trying to step my tennis shoe game back up. So, <laughs> so that I, discount. Correct. And he actually told me, he was like, next time you come in, like, Hit me up and I'll make sure I take care of you when you come in the store. So listen, shout out to Jamie because Jamie used to be a manager over a shoe store, a very popular one. I'm not gonna like put his business, put his business yeah. out like that. But in college, y'all used to rock like my thing was I used to rock shell toes with like denim. Okay. And I used to have the little, you know, it was a little cute. That was like my little signature. I always had shell toes. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I ordered some shell toe shoes online. My nigga Jamie sent me at least like six or seven pairs of the same shoe. And it was white. And it was during the springtime, so it was <laughs> oh, perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so it's like one, one of them bitches oh, got dirty. I just went out in the, the other get another. Right. I was like, nigga, thank you so much. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. I mean, I honestly, <laughs> you really over here salivating. Because I, I just remember like just seeing six boxes of shoes at my door. I'm like, wait, That's what? dope. It's a mistake. My nigga came through. No, he came through. I actually would not be upset if he was like, hey, I'm going to forever give you your little 30% discount again. Listen, that's the connect. I'll be going through you to get the new releases. Correct. Because 30% of, uh, like, Adidas are high now. That's like, I've spent a lot of money on shoes. Yeah. Those Ultra Boosts are like 180. Oh, easy. Yeah, they're the same. 30% of 180 is a significant difference. Yeah. The only the good thing though is that I can still wear children's sizes. Hello. Yeah. So the problem is all girls can wear children's sizes. <laughs> so they be they, they be they out. be hip right. Exactly. That size six be gone. Exactly. Gone. But Five yeah, and a so half that be was, gone. It was cool running into him. Yep. Wait, I didn't really get to talk about my week. 
What do you I mean? I mean, that was your choice. <laughs> right. No, Justin asked me to tell people where we could vote at. And that was what, that oh, wasn't okay. a so choice. Oh, okay, so what happened? What happened during your week? My bad. <laughs> Nothing really happened. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a god darn minute. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk about the fact that um, I was being fancy tonight and cooked me a steak. Oh, and some asparagus and made mm-hmm. me a little salad with some little spinach and some little strawberries just because I was celebrating being myself tonight. She lied. She said, I'm trying to be grown now and cook. I'm 30. <laughs> so I'm trying to do 30 years. <laughs> but that was things. also a part of me trying to celebrate myself. Why are you trying to? <laughs> Don't do me, okay? No, I was trying to be grown, though. I feel like when you're 30, you really need to start like really. So I really need your help. Why? Because I really forgot our icebreaker. And we just talk about it. Oh my God. <laughs> if only y'all can see this space. I'm giving Justin the right eyes now. that you just cut him with. Come on, y'all forgot. I forgot it. The wine, fully. No, it's not the wine. We said another one, remember? Oh, I remember. Listen, yesterday we had a friend. Well, I had a friend. I have three people over because I got like my little job offer. And one of our friends had an Android, y'all. And not to be has. over like has he like he has currently has an Android, and not to be over overly dramatic, but that is the friend that we exclude from our group text messages. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> because we don't like seeing the green messages, and you know it's hard for us to ha- add people to the conversation. We can't change the name. We can't like name the group. <laughs> Oh, we, you know, whenever he likes it, it's out, it's dead. Whenever he likes a text message or whenever we (laughs) like a text message, a text message, it goes, Michelle, Mish like, Cara likes X, Y, Z. It's just a mess. So I just had an intervention with him yesterday. I was just like, y'all, we were in the middle of like toast. No, this was after we toast, toasting, we toast. And then everyone is just like laughing and giggling and shit. I'm like, y'all, I'm like, I said, Kobe. Mm -hmm. You know, we're really here. We're really here. To be quite honest, I did not receive a job offer, but we're really here. (laughs) We're really here to talk about your Android. (laughs) I apologize for getting you super excited about this job offer, but I did not receive my job offer. And when you said it, my heart started beating. (laughs) You got quiet. Because I thought it was real. Like, I I really thought it was real. I was like, he lied. He really lied. Like, (laughs) he got balloons. You're like, I done bought these two bottles of champagne. (laughs) Not one, but two. Like, it just hit me, bro. And I'm like, you know, we really have to have a conversation about this. It's because he pulled that big ass Android out. Right. It started trying to take a selfie. (laughs) And we was like, man, we know that shit pixelated. (laughs) Right. We know that bit like it's in a cartoon. So it was a joke, y'all. We love all all of our Android listeners, believe it or not. We really do. Barely. We Barely do, love but I mean, y'all, like, just come over to the iPhone team. Let me tell you why. Give, Group give. messages are lit with iPhone people. Hello. I literally today, me and my, my line sisters, well, it's like a few of us because we kind of shady. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's a few of us in the group and we all have an iPhone I think all of us on the whole line have an iPhone but mm, anyways one person? 
Huh? Is it just one person? Oh, no, everyone has an iPhone. That's why everybody has an yeah. iPhone, but it's some of the people on the line not included in the group. But, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I renamed the group like four times. And we literally, every time I renamed the group, we was laughing because it was shady stuff. Like I was putting like Lion Sisters minus three. <laughs> or it would be like, you know, like it was just really, yeah. really shady. And um, that's the thing. Like we can do stuff like that. I would not have been able to laugh like that with people that have an Android. But listen, It just would have been dead. But I think it's just fun because you can personalize it. Your group messages. Group me is really for people who have an Android. Only. Group me the app. It's Clearly. Only. For real. And then you have some people that's in group me and they don't even have the app. They still got a flip phone and they group me come in through a text message. Actually, have y'all seen what? that? Yes. But I've talked to. So there was this girl I met whenever my sister. I was in Boston. My sister had surgery. I was in the hospital randomly. And this girl and I just struck up a conversation. And she was saying that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't take you seriously right now. So she was telling me that there's a movement where a lot of millennials are rebelling against technology and going back to the Nokia brick phone and the flip phone. Why? Just because Just they're rebelling. really into the 90s. Yeah, so it's like a, a rebellion of sorts. Like people are like, I don't want to be a part of this new thing. I don't need all these apps. I just need be able to talk to people and text people and if y'all don't want to communicate with me in that way then you just ain't gonna talk to me but you don't have to have those apps with an iphone no you don't have to but you also have a touch screen and you have like a whole bunch of different other technologies that is so stupid i'm just telling you i, I mean it's yeah just it's just, so i thought it was actually kind of cool i'm not gonna get a nokia brick but because i need it's to like check my email plate of food and you're just choosing to eat with your hands just because i would actually like to play snake too though Snake I know. I'm pretty sure they have an app for that. Yeah, but it's I'm probably about to check right freaking now. It's not the same on Snake when you it's ain't got the no key. Yeah, yeah, when, when you, you know when you're the, doing the yeah. little buttons and you're going up, 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 yeah, over, 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 over. Yeah. Were yeah. you trying? Was it an asterisk that you were trying to eat? It was like a like a little asterisk or something. Like a little ball, a little oh, circle. Okay. I don't remember. Anyways, to make a long story short, like I kind of felt bad because I felt like he was. He I got don't know. He got in the, yeah, you know. But anyways, to make a long story short, he will. He said that he will be purchasing the iPhone 10. Well, he said the iPhone X. Um. <laughs> and my cousin just switched from an Android to the iPhone 8 Plus, and he was a an avid. He used to call the iPhone the i bitch. <laughs> like he didn't even call it. He didn't even call it the iPhone. And wow. so, like, now that he has one, he's like, y'all, I, like, I'm sorry. Like, right. shout out to Young Lawn. Like, that <laughs> shawty was like, like, literally the other day he was texting all, like, everything. And, you know, the, you can make the text, like, either hit down hard or they have, like, right, celebration. Yeah, yeah. He so was doing all, all of that. that. Yeah. Just because he was like, y'all, I really love this phone. And he, he's been taking a selfie every day on Instagram. Yeah. So, the goal for 2018 is just to convert all of my Android friends over to the <laughs> iPhone. And then life will be so much easier. And let me tell y'all, for everybody that wants to play Snake 2, I just downloaded it, downloaded it on my phone while we've been talking. And it comes with the keys. Oh, it does. On the screen. And it's because that's how I was like, it ain't the same if it don't have a key. It's lit. I'm over here playing while we're talking, like literally right now. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this shit it. right here. I nigga. love it. Anyways, we 
definitely love all of our Android uh, listeners, um, but we will continue to try to convert you all over to iPhone. Um, and that's we pretty shall. much the motherfucking eat, nigga. <laughs> Yo. You are really stupid. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. <laughs> 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 no, it's serious. Though. I'm so I'm so dead, especially on Snapchat, bro. Like your videos are like, oh my gosh, your videos Snapchat don't video. look clear, my nigga. They are like Nothing legitimately in a cartoon. Emojis are stupid. Oh, your emojis, emojis are so dumb. Yeah, yeah, but I anyways, mean, yeah, it's a struggle for them, <clears throat> and um, that's pretty much but what we're gonna talk iPhone about. iPhone has it. Is it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's been doing struggle. it to you for the past three <laughs> episodes. For real. Seriously. Can I yes, talk? Wait, yes. Come on, let's Seriously. begin that segue. That get it, get it out, Justin. What no, you I say? forgot. It's okay. My I mean, mind. you messed up the segue, so. No, I like the segue. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of struggle. No, you too. You messed it up. And it was a good one. You know a what? A good one. Uh, a good one. Well... <laughs> I, I don't even know. I can't even get into this egg right now. But we're going to talk about tonight uh, the black struggle. And there are quotation marks around struggle. Hmm. Because let the man tell it. And when I say the man, I'm talking about the white man. We have a struggle because we are, as a whole... <clears throat> considered to be economically challenged or as y'all's ridiculous president said uh we live in the hood and we have all these issues in our neighborhoods and we're used to it thugs thugs that's what they say shawty but we are here to point out the fact that that is not true and in our struggle, there is light. So I want you guys to discuss where you come from, your humble beginnings. What was life like? What was your quote unquote struggle growing up um, in your neighborhoods or in your household? What did that look like? So um, I'm from South, South Central Louisiana. Um, was very like um, Cajun area of Louisiana, um, but I did live on um, what one would call the hood. Um, and my house growing up was a definitely a wood house, wooden house. We did not have brick. Um, the house was probably maybe I'm gonna give it 800 square feet. Oh wow. Yep. Was and it a shotgun house? It was it wasn't a shotgun house. Okay. But I did live I did grow up in a shotgun house. But this particular one wasn't a shotgun house. It was just a square. What is a shotgun house? It's um it's more what rectangle than square. And it has and it has one hall. It has it one hall front, front, front to, to the back. back. Oh yeah. like okay. you can shoot a shotgun. Gone straight through it, yeah. correct. Yeah. Hmm. And my I mom did grew live, up in a shotgun house. Yeah, then. like I mean, my parents live in, currently live in what we would call a shotgun house. Really, Correct? it's yep. very Louisiana. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it's common in Louisiana. Um, but anyway, so a 800 square foot house in the hood. It was a corner house, and across from the house was a bar. Adjacent to the house was a corner store, 
So, I mean, it was just traffic through and through. And I remember growing up, like, in the 90s, like, late 80s, late 90s, whenever, like, drugs were extremely heavy, like, we would have people just, like, where my room was, we would have people, like, just literally standing on the corner. And I can hear all of the conversations. I mean, it was mainly, like, people who were, you know, on drug drugs, addicts. drug addicts, drug dealers um, there. Um, we didn't have a shower, so we all took baths. Um but I didn't really, you know, even though I was raised in the hood, I mean, I, you know, I didn't think I was in the hood. Like, I didn't really, I knew that we had, I know, I knew that we didn't have it all, but what we had was enough for me to, like, live and grow and, like, be a child and, like, learn. Um, but my home, like, those were my humble beginnings. Like, I mean, you know, to have a bar right across the street and, a like, a neighborhood corner store. Right. Right outside of your house you can only you can imagine what type of traffic is coming through there you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like police drug dealers crackheads prostitutes wow you know luckily the bus picked me up right in front of my house so i didn't really have to like venture off far but you know that's not the house i visited is it no it's not okay so this is when i like before i think we switched houses uh, when i turned 11 years old okay um, and then we moved into the shotgun house. Or would one would call a shotgun house. Right. Even then, like, it's still, like, the hood. I was, like, you know, um, I just thought that, you know, I know that we were not privileged, but, I've, you know, I know that we were not the poorest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the love and, you know, just the energy that we had alone just kind of shield that dark side or what America would call a dark side away. Um but it was very humbling. Like, it was like we didn't have it all. But, you know, we always had electricity. We always had AC, you know, which is a necessity in South Louisiana. <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah. We always had food. We didn't, I didn't have, like, my favorite food, but we always had good-ass food. Right. Literally made a way out of no way Listen, every single time. I'm sure anything Suzanne makes <laughs> right. would turn into my favorite food. Right. And at this <laughs> point, it's my grandmother, you know? It's like, Well, man, yeah. Like, my grandmother had a lack. Her lack was brown. Like, the interior, <laughs> my nigga. I used, to, I used to love riding in her lack. Like, she was the shit. And she wouldn't drive it all the time. At all, like she would only drive it like maybe whenever she would go to bingo on a Friday at a Friday like at noon session. Why old people do that? Get cars and I don't, don't never drive. She don't never drive it because um, can they really drive? She can big old cars. She, she Girl, yes, it. they be whipping them. But her leg was a coupe, so okay. it didn't have like the four door. It was the two door. Chow, you better come on, grandma. She was she was cold, bro. She was cold. She was fly too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very humble, you know. And I appreciate it. I really do appreciate those times. I mean, growing up, I hated it. Like, when I became a teenager, and this is so shameful of me because I realized that my mama, I thought my mama didn't, my mom didn't know what I was doing. But I hated, like, whenever my Caucasian friends or, or my rich friends or what I would call rich at the time would, like, drop me off. I would get them to drop me off at, at the end of the street. It was mm. bad. And mm. when I became adult, my adult, my mom was like, yeah, I know that used to get people to drop you off. And I felt extremely bad Aww. because it's like an insult to her and all the hard work that she'd done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was just me not, you know, I talk about my childhood a lot on the show. So y'all don't judge me. Um, I just didn't, you know, I don't know why. You I just did not have pride. I didn't have pride within myself. 
And because I didn't have pride, like, within myself or because I didn't, like, I don't know. I don't, I value myself, but I didn't really value my, like, everything that came along with me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's what caused me to, like, just do some stupid shit like that. But I apologized to her, and I felt extremely bad for doing that. But I did it, and I'm not proud of it mm-hmm. at all. I think that's just I don't even know why that came yeah. out. Shit. No, I just think it's adolescence. I, mean, I think so too. Kids are cruel too, so they probably said something to you or made you feel some type of way because. No, I was acting more than what I was. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I mean, around that time. To impress them. Yeah, because this was after you know, it was just yeah, I was doing way more than what I should have. Yeah. Which is stupid and childish. I mean, but I, I agree with Cara. Stupid. I feel like in adolescence we do we more do. than we should because yeah, we want to impress other impress, people. Correct. Yeah. We don't right. know who we are at that mm-hmm. age, so we're trying to like we think by impressing people that's who we are. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Cara, what about you? So I guess like my humble beginnings are a bit different because I well I I don't know if yours is country or not. It is where you're from. So mm-hmm. mine is very country too. Like I lived on a dirt road next to a hayfield. Like it was nothing out there. Wow. Um and so we weren't poor per se, but um it was just a bunch of us packed in a house. So mm-hmm. it was, I mean my grandmother's house has five rooms in it. It had, no, one, two, three. It had four rooms at the time, and it was seven kids living in there at one time. Wow. Um, And it was almost like we always had what we needed, but it was never in excess. So we never got really nice. Like, when everybody would go school shopping, like, we would get, like, two items because you got to wear what you had last year, and you better make it, like, Stretch Work. type thing. We never got like over the top stuff. Now they we would go on like trips and stuff, but I think those things were funded by my actual parents and not by my grandparents because mm-hmm. we had free lunch, so like free or reduced lunch. I believe it was free, but like you know, I mean, there's there. I think there's. I don't know if they still do this now, but like when your income is under a certain level, um, yeah, you get free lunch. Yeah, so free yeah, lunch. I have free lunch. Um. And yeah, we, I, I mean, I never wore like name brand. I mean, we, we shopped at like JCPenney's. Mm-hmm. Like we never, I never got Jordans or anything mm-hmm. nice like that. Like I literally, I remember specifically a picture where I had on some pro wings. Do you know what pro wings are? I don't. No, but I had on BKs too. The shoes from Payless. <laughs> British the, Knights. I had British Knights. I don't even know what that is. Listen, I got clown for days and we, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I, was but, say, I don't even know what that is. Pro wings are the tennis shoes from Payless. Okay. And they look kind of like Jordans, but they weren't Jordans. But I got clowned. But yeah. that was the only thing my grandma would buy me. Like, right. I never yeah. would get nice stuff. Like, I would always wear my clothes would be too big, and they would be from JCPenney. Because <laughs> those clothes, you have to you have to grow into your clothes. Yeah, that's that's and that's why we never got new clothes, because she was like, you can still wear the stuff I bought you last <laughs> right. year. Yeah. And I would be so shamed, y'all. I would try to, like, scrounge together a new outfit to wear for the first day of school, because that's like, you know. Yeah. No, I would always be. I don't know, but I don't want to say I struggled, per se, because we always had what we needed. And mm-hmm. we did, like, go on trips. We had go-karts and four-wheelers um but we also had to pick up pecans and go sell them so like we would pick up pecans in other people's yards <laughs> we would go <laughs> we would go up and down <laughs> the street yeah we would go up and down the street and um pick up cans and sell them like aluminum cans so like we would do all kind i don't know I, but i don't i don't necessarily like i i had two parental figures a male and a female in the home at mm-hmm. all times but um I don't know. I don't necessarily think it was a struggle 
as far as being poor or living in the hood, it was just kind of like we had what we needed and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing in excess. We weren't extravagant. Pe- other people thought we were, but we really weren't. Right. So I guess that's my... Humble beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a curl in our... I, no. Yeah. I didn't have a... Like I couldn't use a curl in our... My grandma wouldn't let us use curl in ours when we were little. So I guess that's kind of like one? a struggle. Yeah, she had one, but we couldn't use it. <laughs> oh, she had a whole bunch of the little ones, like the different sizes, but yeah. we couldn't use them because it was because we thought we was grown. The only time we got wore, our, if you use a curling right, iron. and the only time we got our hair done was for a church occasion. So Easter, Christmas, Christmas. we didn't even have Christmas plays. We didn't have Christmas plays. Well, how did you do your hair? It would just be. <laughs> you have to like press it back. <laughs> I don't Rollers. even remember what I used to Did do. Y'all use I don't remember. I remember I used to blow my hair out and I would just wear it big. Like okay. it wouldn't be straight. It would just be because I had a perm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of I don't know. My I didn't really have a struggle. I just had the the I had the minimum of what you needed to survive. Mm-hmm. Listen, your PWs. I have BKs, British Nikes. What is that? It's a tennis shoe. Where are they from? I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't no even clue. know what that is. I've heard about it before. But I cl- I got clowned so bad, so bad for those British nights, those BKs. I will never, <laughs> I will never. Did you think they were nice? Like, did you get no, them and think they were nice? I didn't think nice? that they were nice. I knew that they were not nice. I just was trying to like, okay, like, I just don't want nobody to pay attention to my shoes. I feel like if I can just get away with it, it'll be. But this is around the time where, like, your parents would buy you white tennis shoes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you had to wear them and they had a little BK (laughs) by the lace. Like, so I got clowned really bad. They are not that bad. They look kind of like Jordans a little bit. Let me see them. Y'all keep talking oh about these shoes that no, look like Jordan. Like modern version. Reminding me uh, of that episode of Marty. Ninety six, nineteen ninety six or ninety seven, where Gina made him wear the Air Gordons. <laughs> no, I don't remember that episode. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Anyways, that was a struggle. The BKs, I didn't wear those shoes. I was like, man, I'm never getting clown again. I'll wear these old shoes. I don't care. <laughs> She ain't fucking clown my ass. Well, I mean, I think I wore shoes from Payless too, but it was like more for church shoes. Um, <laughs> them brown toe, <laughs> yep, and patent leather shoes. Oh my god, the black patent. But um, I mean, my childhood is it, like twofold. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I've talked about the fact that my parents were divorced when I was. Um, pretty young. By the time I was five, their divorce was final. And um, so I lived in a single parent home. And not that I think that that's a struggle. I do think, though, that that is a humble beginning because um, my mom had an apartment, you know, like I lived in apartments my whole life until um, I was in like the sixth grade and she bought a house in Carrollton mm. and moved me from all of my friends. But I thought, I was, oh, I was so mad. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but I thought that apartments were normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see anything wrong with living mm. in apartments, you know? Um, but I realized as I grew up that, like, you know, America sees apartments as, like, a stigma of poverty mm-hmm. when you have kids. Like, okay. But, I mean, I don't, and I still to this day don't, because I don't believe that everybody has to have a house. I don't think that, you know, 
if that's not what you desire, you don't yeah. have to have that. But I'm saying, like, you know, as far as, like, me growing up, that's what I was growing up in. And, um, again, single-parent home. So I went home a lot of the times by myself. Like, I would um, get dropped off by somebody's mom or somebody's, you know, aunt or whatever because my mom was still at work and um, unlock the door myself and stay at home and don't open that door for nobody until my mama got they home. Say that. <laughs> don't open that door for, for nobody. nobody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like that was that was my life. Um, and that's why we talk about noodles. <laughs> it because I had to cook them, you know what I'm saying. So when Mama got home, I had to eat my noodles <laughs> because I was hungry. I didn't have like you know somebody there to cook for me when I got home because my mom was the sole provider. Obviously, my father was paying child support, and on the weekends when he would go pick me, when he would come pick me up, I had, um, you know, unlimited amounts yeah. of things because. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're the weekend parent, you can do that. Yeah. You can splurge on all this stuff. and You, you can, can buy the cool things. Yeah, you can buy the cool things. But my mom was the sole provider for the family. And, you know, like, she had my brother as well. But um, that was my life. I, I, it Kind of like you said, Cara, it wasn't a struggle. But it was not what America would deem the normal family yeah you know what i'm saying like or what what they try to put on us is like we don't have what they have well we we all clearly didn't have a normal family because you were raised by your grandparents yeah with my mom i was raised by my grandparents and just my mom and then when i became a certain age that's when my mom married and i had i had a stepfather right so the that's the reason do the stepdaddy that's how you really feel no i love him now yeah <laughs> well, that was the reason why I wanted to ask that question is like none of us grew up in obviously obviously what they would consider the normal family, right? right. Mm-hmm. But through our childhood everything was not bad because we didn't grow up in a quote unquote normal family. So what were the the great things about growing up in your household even though you didn't have what America deemed you should have had? What were the great things about growing up in your family or growing up in your house? Obviously, living in the South, like, like learning how to make a meal out of, like, very little ingredients. Mm. Like, very little ingredients. Um, learning how to be resilient just in terms of, like, you know, like, my mom literally, well, my, grandma, my grandmother didn't have a job at all. I think she collected... Um, retirement or what is it called social security social security Security. um and at the time like my mom would just literally yeah so you really used to count her like on friday she would like she used to write out all her bills on a paper and i used to see like what she had left over so she really lived paycheck to paycheck but you know it just it just really taught me how to like you know really how to enjoy life in a very uh simple uh minimalist way Mm. Um, and not crack under pressure, you know, because, you know, some people can't fall asleep knowing that they have like $5 and $0 in their account. Right. I can. I can too. <laughs> no, seriously. And, it's, and, and sleep peacefully. And some baby, people, like a baby. Right. You hear me? Because right. I'm going to still eat. I'm going to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you figure And like some people learn that in college because, you know, that's when I think kids mm-hmm. really find out mm. that they're really broke. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned that at a very young age. Like, you know, I don't really need money to have fun. I don't really need money. Like, it really taught me how to have peace um, with the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's priceless, you know, because, I mean, as I grew older, like, I used to see my friends who were, like, you know, of other races crack under pressure over the littlest things. And I'm like, y'all, let's just make it work. Like, let's, you know, I was, I would pretty much be the one to save the day or like just look uh, get everyone to look at it from a, in a different light so i think that's something that was taught to me th- because of the situation that i was in growing up mm-hmm. yeah okay so for me i think first of all i grew up with hella people in the house so i literally was like i taught i, I, blah, I learned like camaraderie and friendship really early on even mm-hmm. though it was with my siblings but like it was in my cousins because it was so many of us, like, we had to work together in order to, like, figure out, like, how to not get a whooping, <laughs> who was going to wash the dishes. Like, we just really became super close. So I'm actually still super close with my male cousin, JR, um, and my siblings, although my brother is being a little, you know, he's, he's, he's in his, you know, little phase right now. But we're just really, all, we're all really super close because of that. Like, because we went through hell together. Mm-hmm. And so it taught me, like, togetherness um, and loyalty as it relates to family. Um, also, like, I have, even though I had, like, a crazy childhood, which I've talked about in other episodes, um, like, I feel like there are other, like, really funny memories that we still talk about, like, to this day about how we would, like, come up with games and stuff together or jokes that we came up together Um, another thing that I really enjoyed because we lived in the country, like we used to have these, we lived on a dirt road and down the dirt road was these blackberry bushes. And, um, almost every weekend I used to pick like fresh blackberries and just eat them straight off the, yeah. And just, and they're not even there anymore, Mm. but I used to eat them straight off the vine. And that like, I don't know, that like encompasses what I feel like. I feel like my childhood was very organic and very, um, just raw. And I think that it's really, I think that that was like the highlight of it because that gives me a base in real world now. I know that like, even if all this like, for instance, I was living in this like really, really nice apartment when I first moved to Dallas, like in uptown Dallas. And if you're from Dallas, you know, it's like hella bougie over there. And like, Mm -hmm. it was like really nice. And I literally was broke because of some monetary issues I was having, like literally like would pay my car note and like buy some food and have zero dollars in my account. And like at the time I was like, all like none of this matters. Like what's important is like that I can like, like I wasn't tripping on the fact that I couldn't like afford everything. I was like, I've been, I've been through worse. And even though I was stressed out at the time, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna just make it do what it do. So I like started freaking making filters and driving Lyft and, doing all kind of stuff because I was just like used to kind of just having that like raw, um, I don't want to say emotion, but just that raw experience. And so like in order to, cause my grandmother was a tyrant in order to like figure out what she was going to do next and how to deal with her. Like we had to be creative. And so I got creative when I, when I go through really difficult things, I get creative about how to approach those things because of that. And that's like a highlight of it. Like, and also because um, she used negativity to motivate me, mm-hmm. I have now switched that around 
in a way that like I can motivate myself based on the things that she used to do. Like I don't want, I don't ever want to be like her or I don't ever want to be in that same mental space Space. again. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use that as motivation. So even though it was terrible at the time, yeah, it's like kind of a, a glimmer of goodness that came out of that situation is Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not pregnant right now. I don't have no kids out of wedlock. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like that's like a thing when you're in the country, people having kids out of wedlock. I don't, you know, have any diseases. I'm not out here on drugs. And I feel like I'm able to take care of myself fully because I was like having to fend for myself as a kid. Right. Yeah. Um, I think for me... It gave me, my childhood pretty much allowed me to be comfortable with me. Mm. Like, going home and nobody's in the house but you. Right. I was able to, at the time, you know, I probably thought a lot of the times I think I called my dad and was like, Daddy, I'm bored. (laughs) But And he used to tell me, like, you need to be comfortable with you like you need to have a good time with you and so as I got older I would really like think about that and I did I learned to have a good time with myself like I remember like one time going home and because my mama went there turning on the music blasting the music in the house and running around the house like I was on home alone (laughs) (laughs) I entertained the heck out of myself and I still do it now because it's like you know I I that's what I grew up. I had siblings and I I have siblings, but we're so much um we're we're so far apart in age that I was pretty much a only child when I was growing up basically. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be comfortable with myself. The other thing that um my childhood taught me was to really hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like people talk about me Sometimes they call me Jamaican or whatever. But my mom had two kids, one dad that was active, which was my dad, and she had to provide. You know what I'm saying? And so she worked two jobs sometimes. She went to school. She went back to school when, um, I don't know, I think I was in like the fourth grade. And that's when she became a massage therapist. She opened her own business. She opened her own spa. And then she bought a house. So she just taught me that, like, you can get there. Mm -hmm. You might not be there right now, but you can get there. Mm -hmm. And so it just really made me understand that you have to work for the things that you want to get. Like, nothing is just really going to be handed to you. Yeah. Um, Especially us. Like, how many of us just are handed, you know, um, life on a platter? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I I really learned how to hustle and I, you know, learned how to be comfortable with myself and have a good time with me um, as a child because I used to do some crazy things in the house. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I I mean, when I got home, like no one was at home because more of my stepdad, it all depends on what my stepdad was like. uh, Like he used to work offshore, so he was two weeks on, two weeks off. Mm -hmm. But whenever he was two weeks off, it was just me. And, a good time, Shawty. Yeah, listen, that's that's when you have concerts by yourself. Correct. 
That's why I be singing on this doggone mic so much right now. Because <laughs> of them home concerts. Because of these home concerts. Okay, but... Oh, wait, hold on. I was going to say, I used to crave being alone as a kid. Really? really? Yeah, because it was six, seven of us in the house, and you could never be alone. Like, ever. There was not a spot. In the house that you could be alone, and if you were, they would be like, "What car doing? What y'all go in there and figure out?" Like, yeah. you could never be alone. I could never be alone unless I was taking a bath. <laughs> once I got, once I hit puberty, because before that, I was taking a bath with my brother and with sister. somebody, right? right. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know, and mine was the opposite. My best friend, her mom had four kids, so it was four of them in the house together, and then they were really close with her aunt, so it was really like six of them all the time. And I just always, when I would go to their house, I wouldn't want to leave. Because it was like a party. There was so many people there. Yeah, so many people. Yeah. Child. mm -mm. But then when I got older in college, I then went through a phase where I was like, I didn't know how to be alone because Mm. I was always around people. So then Mm. it took me years to To be comfortable, right, to be comfortable Mm. with just sitting in my house by myself. Like, it took me years because I was so used to, I mean, literally, I grew up with six people in the house. Right. Six kids. Mm. So it was like I was just always with somebody. So it was weird for me. I haven't learned that yet. I would like to learn, you know, well, be careful what you ask for. But I haven't, like, I haven't had to. Want your own space? Yeah. Or crave being alone? I mean, I want to have, like, a few days by myself. Right. But it's just like, okay, like, I need people. I'm coordinating a brunch. Like, y'all, let's link up our happy hour. But. Well, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I like my own time. Like, when I'm in here by myself, I'd be really having a good time. Like, just reading a book or mm-hmm. chilling. Or Most of the time, I don't even turn the TV on. Like, I just be chilling. Mm-hmm. But then I also go through these things where I'm like, okay, I got to have a girl's day. And then, like, once I'm done with the girl's day, I'm like, okay, I need a couple of days by yeah. myself. Yeah. So, it's like, I don't know. But it took me years. Like, college, I could never be alone. Right. Like, Ben was like, what is wrong with you? Because he's a, he's a loner. So, he didn't understand why I was the way I was. Mm. Because I craved being around people and now crib that. And then another good thing is like, I mean, I guess growing up, like I guess one of the benefits of going through that struggle is that like you really like it allows your parent it allow it allowed my my mom and like my guardians to shape and mold me. That way Absolutely. you know, whenever I went off to college, I wasn't I didn't have to you know certain people be like, I need to find myself. It's like no right. I knew who I was because I couldn't really I didn't really have all the distractions going going growing up. It wasn't like they were telling me what to do, which is a good thing. I know some people, their guardians, they like try to like control make them, them control them and do certain things. I didn't really have that level of control, but at the same time, I didn't really have access. I was free to do whatever I wanted, not whatever I wanted to. I was free to do things, but it's like I didn't have no money to do it, so I couldn't do it. Um, and when I got to college, it was like, you know, it's like my mom was in my dorm with me because there's certain things that I just, you know, I didn't really care I want to do. Yeah. You know, um, I can I can agree with that or, you know, yeah, understand. relate to yeah, that. Relate to it, yeah. um, Did your mom like kind of let you do whatever? Or like whenever you got whenever you got to college, it wasn't like you were just like wilding out or. See, I did. I wilded out. Well, rightfully <laughs> mom, so because, of, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say because, Yeah. My mom didn't let me do whatever, but she was very um, encouraging of me to do things that I liked, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, she didn't try to make decisions for me, but she did encourage me, you know, to 
do things that I I appreciated or whatever and hang out with my friends. She let me do all that kind of stuff, but she wasn't gonna be letting me be out wild and stuff like that. She wasn't gonna do that. But um, I get what you're saying, Justin, as far as like you know having that type of um I don't know what's the word I'm looking for guidance maybe. I just never felt like I needed to do anything wild and crazy because I feel like I was exposed to enough and at the same time shown what the right way could be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, because my mom's life was not perfect. She never tried to make it seem like it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And so she would say, you know, you can do this and you won't have to go through this or whatever like that. And so I think she did an amazing job making sure that um, she turned around the statistics because statistics show that like however many percent of kids that grow up in a single parent home, they go whatever route, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so with me, it didn't happen. Like she, mm -hmm. she did a, I think she did a great job with like not having to go down that path with me. But, um, and I think I like I don't want to say I wild out because I did do thing I did do things but it wasn't like you know I was easily influenced that was not I was never easily influenced like I never everything that I did in college was something that I wanted I to wanted do. to do yeah and I think it was because of like those hard times where you're you know my mom used to literally say like when I was growing up my mom used to be like Justin whenever you whenever we go to the store you need to ask yourself is this something Mama is gonna buy or is this something your dad is gonna buy. And I used to literally be in the store. Well, is this something I'm going to buy? <laughs> or is this something that my daddy going to buy? And I would politely put it back because I knew for damn sure that my mom is not going to purchase that. So it 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 made me have like um, very grown conversations in terms of like understanding like the value of things and time and money and moments to the point where like when I did get old, it was like, you know, it's like I had a good understanding of what right is, like you like you mentioned. Um And see I had oh, I'm sorry, were you trying to segue? Oh, can I okay, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I I had a good sense of what was right and wrong. Mm -hmm. The problem with my upbringing was that that's all I knew. I was not taught how to handle money for real. I wasn't really taught um what what I should do to get a positive result I was only showed this is what you should not do don't do this people that do this end up like this I was never shown the opposite of that and so when I got to college I didn't know how to I knew what I wanted I knew I I never wanted to live yeah. in a in a country situation again ever <laughs> I was like, I will always live in a city. <laughs> and two, I was like, I don't want to feel as if every decision I make is one that's like church related or has something to do with my religious, like whether I'm going to heaven or hell. Like that, question, because though. that's what. Whenever they, I guess whenever they said, or whenever they asked you like, or told you this is the right way to do it, was it from personal experience or was it from you know, talking about someone else that was outside of your family. It depends. Okay. It depends on okay. whatever the situation was. Like, for instance, with not having sex before marriage will make you pregnant. I didn't know this until I was older, but my grandmother had a child out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. I knew my aunt, but I didn't know, like, you know, you're a kid, so you don't get that her yeah. daddy different. It's like, not, it's yeah. just like, oh, she's just dark skin. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, I didn't put two and two together. 
So she would just tell me like, you know, um, if you have sex out of, you know, just kind of making it a fire and brimstone thing. And then when I got older, I'm like, but hold on. How you going to tell me not to do it? And like, so it just, um, she would never um, kind of show me like the good side of that. So I, I feel like if I was somebody's parent, I would be like, hey, having a kid means this. This That would, right. to me, make me not want to have a kid. If you tell me, okay, kids are expensive. This is the things you got to buy. This is what you got to do when you have a kid. You can't go out no more. You can't X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Instead of being like, no, don't, don't have sex. Because do it. it's, too, you know, like. Okay, yeah. So I never was taught the adult way to address things. Yeah. It was just like, this is wrong. Don't do it. I never got why. It. I never yeah. understood. Yeah. I didn't know why. I just mm. knew that I wasn't supposed to do it. So then mm. when I got to, to school, I'm like, I don't know why I'm not supposed to have sex. So I'm going to have sex. Because... Mm. I want to. Because I want to, yeah. and I've been wanting to, yeah. but, you know, so anyway, I think that, I think y'all's parents did it the right way. I think when I raise my own kids, I will for sure make sure that the there is a good, healthy balance of giving them, like, explaining things to them. Because a lot of people yeah, don't want to explain stuff important. to kids. Yeah. They're just like, I say no because I say no. And it's like, no, you have to allow that kid to make a decision based on like what like you have to give them both sides of the coin. It's like I say no because if you touch the stove it's going to burn you. But if you want to go ahead and touch the stove, cool. Go ahead and touch it and make that mistake instead of like literally being like no and that's it and not explaining the why behind things because then kids like me go off to school and act a fool. Like I mean I wasn't out there like doing drugs and all kind of stuff, but yeah. you know, that's just not my thing. But yeah, I was just having I a lot of sex. I think that's the that's the you know, the the norm of someone that they would say is quote unquote sheltered. sheltered. Yeah. Yeah. But My was um, I mean, we we really got to get into Sorry. the meat. Of <laughs> Are we not there yet? I thought no. we were there. No, we was. Um, no, y'all talking about y'all childhood. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, I really want to get into what y'all feel like the pressures are or the distinction is between like those that are privileged and have that quote unquote normal American life and those that do not like, what is, what does that really look like for you? Like, what do you feel is the difference in the people growing up or whatever? I can say one big thing, and this is probably kind of trivial, but like we didn't do any sort of international travel as kids. Like, I didn't travel internationally until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I mean, I don't know if y'all can attest to that, but that wasn't something like, we didn't have passports. We weren't out here doing family vacations in France. Like, it just wasn't a thing. Um, I think another thing for me is that I was really smart growing up, but, like, I wasn't able to pay for the additional things that could push me further. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like when you have a smart kid as a privileged family, you're able to access things like camps or um, tutors or things that can propel that student to go from like good to amazing. And I never had that. Not that it necessarily fully like kind of, it didn't hold me back a lot, but I do think that I could have gone so much yeah, further I with you. if yeah. I had that kind of money to be able to do that or, or access to those things. Mm -hmm. um, because the school that I ended up going to, I mean, it just wasn't good, you know? And my grandmother actually tried to get me to go to private school. I think it would have been scholarship-based because of our income. 
but I didn't want to because I was like in I was about to start high school and I'm like all my friends are here like you should have started me in elementary school like right I wouldn't know the difference. yeah I wouldn't have known the difference like yeah. you shouldn't have tried to hit me with that wham bam like that I mean as a kid I mean I regret it now but um but yeah I think that they just have access educationally and also not only to those type of things but also to connections to other people like I feel like I could have been doing so many other things if I had friend, like my mama's friends, somebody worked for Harvard or something. I could have went to some something like that. Like we just mm. didn't know people that had access to those sorts of things. So it was like we were we had a ceiling and mm -hmm. it was like once you hit that ceiling and I hit it, it's like, yeah, you make all A's and that's the ceiling. Mm. And it's like, what else is there? That's there's, a good point. Yeah, there's no other. There's nothing to propel you outside of making all A's. Because right. I made all A's, but the school was trash. Mm -hmm. So really, I mean, it was like, really, I was making really all B's if you go, or mm -hmm. C's if you if you really yeah. look at it from a, you know, a, a comparative standpoint. Right. So that's a really I good think point. that's one of the biggest things for me. I feel like I probably would have been at an Ivy League school mm -hmm. if, I believe, if I had that extra and if I believed that I could. Because when I got out of school, I was like, I mean, I just went to this little school. Like, I feel like I'll just go to, you know, whatever I can get in mm -hmm. versus... I completely agree with that um, because I don't think I've ever looked at it like that. That is a really good point. Just just because having that access to other things would have propelled me to a different level for for a lot of things that I was involved in. Like, yeah. and the the saddest part about it is just that my dad had the money to do it, but did not have the connections to link me to those things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have money all day, but if you don't really know how to go get it, you're not exposed. He was not exposed to that. My mom was not exposed to that. Therefore, I would not be exposed to it. And I think, like, that's the kind of thing, like, even looking at middle class, like, truly middle class black families, like, with they go to debutante balls and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's a privilege within itself just because they're taught so much more etiquette than those that do not participate in those things. Mm -hmm. I think they're exposed to, you know, like, um, yeah, just like etiquette and different ways to um, network with people mm -hmm. and like really right. yeah. when you're in a room have presence and things like that mm -hmm. that um, I wasn't, privileged to you know what I'm saying like I, mm. I I just didn't have that exposure I was around in the schools that I went to I was around kids that probably had that exposure but it didn't mean a hill of beans to me because I'm not exposed to it it wasn't until I got older that I got I was interested in like an etiquette class and mm. I wanted to really know what it means to go to a restaurant and like eat with the right utensils as I'm eating my meal and things like that I think that's important for you to well, it may not be important to everybody, but for me in my house, mm -hmm. that will be important to like teach my kids. I like, think it is important at an early age, especially yes. in a business standpoint, because yeah. I I didn't know. So when I would start getting like when you do law stuff, they take you out to dinner a lot to nice dinners. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I never used to put my napkin on my lap. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I would just try to watch people and be like, oh, let me see what they're doing. OK, let me put this on. OK, then mm -hmm. I eat from it. Like I would just watch people. I never exactly. learned how to do that. So I do think it's important. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because it really I mean, be, before I make my point to your question, like it teaches how to like literally fake it until we make it be observant. Like mm. we know not to oh, yeah, like just react. <laughs> like I just I mimic. Same. 
which Same. helps me to understand like what the culture is for that person or whichever setting that I'm in. But um, when you speak about access, like I think access is extremely important. Um, now thinking in retrospect, like when I became like when I got in high school, like I had a best friend and his sister um, was able to like she joined the army, um, which she got based in like Florida. So every spring break we would I don't know if it was spring break or summer. Every like spring break or summer, we would go to um, we would have a spring break or a trip for us to go to just to get exposed to different areas. But I think one of the main difference, I think the main difference is access. And with access, you get you're you're able to expose your kids. We're able to expose, you know, kids are able to be exposed to different cultures, different different ways of thinking. Um, because I mean, growing up in my neighborhood, we really had one track thinking, and it was like survival mode. You know, yeah. you know, you couldn't really like the the few times you were able to quote unquote let your hair down and like exhale. It was very far and in between, um, but it was always survival mode. And whenever I did hang out with my others, I just saw how life like I just saw how they can just be. You know, I could never carefree. just be or carefree, you know, and I could never just be. I always had to live in a, a grateful state like, oh, my like I'm just grateful to, you know, have a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the major difference is like literally just living and not having to especially growing up as a kid and not having to worry about other things because of that access and mm. because of that exposure so it's just like i don't know the video not to cut you off but the video michelle has sent us a video last week um in preparation for this episode and it was that exercise where it's like um, all these kids of different races are standing in a line and they say, you know, take two steps forward if you've never had to worry about when your next meal was coming. Take two, two steps forward if you go to private, if you went to private school. Take two steps forward if, um, you know, you never had to worry about how much your books cost or whatever. And so I think that that to me, like, signifies so much because I think that especially as it relates to education, like when you're in school and you're trying to figure out whether you're going to be able to eat lunch or not, you cannot really focus on no two way. times two. Like you really can't. Or if you're trying to figure out whether or not your mama and daddy going to get divorced or if you're trying to figure out whether or not they're going to be arguing when you get home. Or if you're, or like, if you're gonna try to figure out, are they gonna be home? Are they gonna be home when you get home? Are you gonna be able to get in? Whether or not, like, it's just all this stuff. It's like if you have to worry about all of that other stuff, it is very difficult for a child to be able to really focus on just school. Mm. And that's what I think the access, like, kind of bleeds into is when you don't have nothing monetary to worry about. When you don't have nothing like family-wise to worry about your family is intact and you got clothes on your back and you can you know you're gonna have a lunch because your mama packed it <laughs> all you when gotta you think about right is what two times two is and that to me is is access in and of itself a access to the full capacity of your learning yeah. power yeah. right you know i completely agree with that and um you never thought about it like that. I never thought about it like that, but I did question my mom. Like, girl, like sandwich meat and bread is real cheap. Why, why, why can't I bring my lunch to school? But I would have to eat lunch at school. At school, I had a school lunch too, and and it was trash. I mean, it was so trash. But I, I Our do remember my mom, good. my dad used to buy me lunchables, mm -hmm. and my mom would be like, "You can't eat that at school." 
<laughs> Why? Because it was a pizza lunchable, and my mama was like, "You can't eat that cold. You gotta warm that up." <laughs> <laughs> so I remember one Sunday, my daddy had bought me all these lunchables. He had bought like the pizza ones. He had bought like you know the little cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. And my mama was like, "You eat this when you get home from right. school, because you gotta warm this up." Like, no, <laughs> you oh don't. My God. Like, I can say I wanted to go to school with my lunch, Once like other know. kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never. Went to school with my lunch. Like, anyways, I was so upset. Y'all don't understand. I think I cried that night when I went to sleep. <laughs> so I wanted to eat it at school. But anyways, that, to all of your points, goes into another question is basically, are we being held back from those things? Like, is the man holding us back or are we holding us back? How how are we not elevating to the next level as a whole as as a whole, I'm not going to say us because obviously our parents have put us in positions to elevate to the next level. But as a culture, how are we not doing that? So here's the thing. I had a conversation like that with my sister literally just last night. And we were saying how, you know, out of and, and out of the out of my mom's other siblings, um, we are the ones who people would assume that made it or made it out of the situation Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily feel that um i think the system i think there is a system i do i i i think that the struggle is real Mm -hmm. um and it sometimes get the best of people um however i do feel that is by fate and God's will that I was able to get out of it. I know, but at the same time, you know, my mama taught me how to like fight for hopes in my dreams, like even within the struggle. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like the struggle can hold me back. I feel like I have mm. to decide to let it hold me back, if that makes sense. I just never let it get the best of me. Until one day I just got like, you know, extra little money on my or like a little extra dollars, a few dollars out on my hourly check or I got into school or when I had to sit out of school for two years, you know, I was able to get back into school. It's just been like little sharp goals that I would just focus on mm-hmm. um, that I, I that I feel that got me to this point. Um, but I also never made a decision to like give up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if if anything, not giving up only added a level of like strength and um um it solidified like my my foundation. Like you know, at the age of thirty three, I know I speak a lot about my like I, we are all vulnerable on this show because we feel that this will bring substance to our show, and not only that, it will help others. But we're all strong individuals. Right. I know we like we talk about our weak moments on the show a lot, but us as individuals like on a regular day outside of this hour, hour and a half podcast, we all, we all hold our own is because of our, the things that we've overcome in the past. Absolutely. Um, Resilience. So if anything, I don't necessarily, I think you, if you allow it to, then it will. And now granted, Mm. there are other circumstances that really messes up with people's like mental state. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, that's another situation but overall like if i feel that i did not decide to um let it overcome me and 
I was determined. I don't know. Like, I, I so. That's what know. it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I'm, I'm in between, Justin. Like, mm. I definitely feel like if you want to get out, you can mentally. Like, if you mentally want to get out of the situation you're in, you mm. can take yourself out of that. I also feel like, though, that um, the system, and I cannot stand using the system because I almost sound like the Black Panthers. Like, <laughs> the system is holding you down. But they really, I mean, in in some way they are. Um, and I say that because just driving around Dallas, y'all, I look at construction, right? All of these highways are under construction. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot think of one highway right now that we're, we drive on that's not under construction. But it seems like they're doing the construction on the highways and even some of these streets because they're gentrifying these neighborhoods. And for me, it's like, why could these people not have nice, and I, not these people, why could these neighborhoods not have nice roads before somebody, this white man came in here to start rebuilding? Like, why could the city not just take care of their roads? Mm-hmm. Why do you not proactively help these neighborhoods that are economically challenged before they get to the place that they're at. Mm -hmm. These are questions that I have for like the system, because in some way I feel like when you do not give people access to things that other people have right down the road from them, because that's what gentrification is. Like, there, there are still going to be people in Oak Cliff that live in the hard area of Oak Cliff. But then you have Bishop Arts right down the road. And so they can see, they can almost see a way out, but you're not giving them the tools or the um, comfortability to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're always struggling in your mind and you've, if you, you've never seen anybody get out of it, how can you get out of it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that for me is where I struggle with is it only mental or is it both the combination of your mental ability to overcome and work through the issues that you have plus the city you're in or America actually providing families with the resources that they need. Yeah, I think it's, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think it's a combination of both. I think as far as the mental thing goes, when that's all that you know, even if you see somebody doing something different from you, it's kind of like, I don't want to do what they're doing because this is what I know. I'm I'm telling you because I have cousins. If you have cousins, right, that grew up in the same household, I'm just asking the question because I'm Mm going to let you make your point, but I just have this question. Grew up in the same household. How did you get out and they didn't? I I'm, That's what I, I'm yeah, trying to wrap yeah. my so mind around. So mentally, the reason why I got out is because I had different role models in my life who instilled different things in me. So I do think that, like, and I also had my own parents, too. So I grew up with my grandparents, but I had my parents who lived in different cities. Mm. So my parents made it a point to expose us 
to visit them in these different cities. We would go on trips. And I saw what the world, mm. I, I say in mm. quotes, looked mm. like and the types of things that I potentially could have. And so then mm. I was like, okay, mm. I don't want this. Correct. I want that, that. because yeah. I was exposed to that. Correct. My cousins, on the other hand, were never exposed to that. Okay. Their family were in the, it was a snowball. Their parents stayed. They felt like that was all there was. And they stayed too. Mm. Like I, I, t- I talk about my male cousin. Like he was, I have, it's three of them. Three of my first cousins, two girls, one boy, same as me and my brother. And sister, and they were, were actually in the same order too. So, girl, boy, girl. And my male cousin saw, like, he, he had that mindset, like my female cousin. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay, that's all I know. Then he saw me get out, and he was like, okay, I wanna do what Kara's doing. Mm-hmm. And so, then now my cousin is mm-hmm. moving out of that and mm-hmm. is becoming. So, I think it it's all about, I mean, it goes all the way back to exposure. And and to mm. things that seem achievable, because if you don't like if you don't you ever see, see somebody, somebody that, you know, so mm-hmm. the people, the people that like, let's give the Bishop Arts Oak, Oak Cliff example. OK. You see the people in Bishop Arts, but you don't know them. You don't have right. no personal connection to those people. They're just regular white people to you. Right. But if you see your let's say your homeboy who lives down the street from you, who you know went to school with you, who grew up the exact same way that you did, but now he lives in a really nice apartment or something like that, you you can then personalize that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference, which is why it's so important, in my opinion, to have, to to, as as young black professionals, to go back and reach your hand out. Because... When somebody that is has never been exposed, let let's even do it as simple as somebody that um, some of these kids have never even seen a black lawyer in person. They have seen it on TV, they have heard commercials on the radio. They have never physically been able to touch a black lawyer. So to them, they can never personalize it. They can't make the connection. So to your point is that in order to get out of that mentally, you have to have somebody that comes back, like reaches back and helps you get out of that. I don't necessarily think they have to reach back and help you. I think yeah. you have to personalize that. Like you have to have somebody, um, you have to make a connection to that. Well, yeah, that that's different. what I'm But I don't necessarily think back. it's... Like if you go back to... You're old school. That's you reaching back. I'm not literally saying like you're helping them. No, 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 no. Scholarship wise, but that's not even what I'm saying. I don't even think that's necessarily the case. I think that, like for me, um, I think it's all about opening up someone's mind and letting them know like that something is attainable. Like if you've never, you you mentoring somebody, another child is you reaching back. But I'm not just talking about me. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm I'm oh. not just talking about you. I'm just saying, like, to your point is that in order for someone to see it or to mentally get out of it, they have to have somebody that shows them that you can get out of it. Yeah, I, I think that's, that, yeah. I okay. think I, I agree with that. And even, and also, I think on top of that, even when you have some people that show people they don't care, um, but I think that's a whole different, like, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but I think, def- I definitely believe that that's the reason why I got out. Because I had people 
that were able to expose me to things and I was able to personalize what success and quote looked like and what I wanted that wasn't where, where I was. So how do you feel about the system? I think it's, I mean, it's in place. It exists. I think, you know, it exists. I hate to say the system and I hate to say the man keeping us down, but the the people that (laughs) it, it, well, it is, well, to a certain extent it is. I do think like to some extent it, I do agree that some people can, mm -hmm. I hate the pull you up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. Like I think that in order to pull yourself up from your bootstraps, you already have to have on really nice boots. Like you can't just have on no old raggedy boots and think that you're <laughs> finna pull up. Your, like your boots have to be Gucci boots in order for the boots to just be able to, you know, like you have to have a base of something. Now there are the rags to riches stories. I feel like it becomes the system when you raise taxes and only a certain neighborhood benefits from the taxes or or only certain schools benefit from the extra money that, you know, the grant that was approved. Right. Or when you have a drug epidemic and you're putting all everyone in jail, but whenever it's an epidemic on y'all race, it be, it's like, you know, we'll get a rehab. Me. We need, we need to build these rehab centers. We need to like help them. I feel like that's the system. Not, Ray Ray just don't want to go to school. I feel like that's that's not what that's not what I'm talking about. But I feel like there are strategic things that are takes place, which I I re, I'm gonna send this to y'all. But I posted a video that was talking about the suburbs and like the hood. Why is why there is a suburb? Right. And they really just broke it down, and it was just like you can literally see how that is true. Um. But well, it's, yeah. I yeah. mean that that signifies white flight. I mean, like mm-hmm. you know, as soon as the if you if you look at demographics, as soon as the people of color or the black people start really like upping their um, population in areas, the white people, they they either fly, they go in inner city or they go to the suburbs like they they it's always a um, a flight. They always mm-hmm. move around. So now what's They're happening doing it now in Dallas, in Dallas, they've moved so far north that they have to come back in the city now. Yep. So you have white flight in North Dallas. You have white flight all the way down in South, like South, like freaking uh, Cedar Hill and all down there. Yeah, I can't think of the name of that city. But Mesquite. It's because the funds follow where they go. It exactly. It, they don't just, they don't redevelop our shit unless it's time for them to move in our shit. Right. So, I mean, that's the system to me. Like, it's, it's fucking unfair. So, I guess we agree that it's a combination of both. I agree. That it definitely is a combination of both. Cause it's, yeah, because it's not all the system. It's, I think, people... But, we, but there are people there are that people will... are extremely just give up. And, well, I, mean, I don't know. If they, not, they're, they're comfortable. <laughs> they're com- there are people for, that will solely blame situations on mm-hmm. on their downfall on the system mm-hmm. yeah yeah like it's they won't give me this so i can't do this you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like they'll give loans to these people for their businesses but they won't give us loans for our business like i've there are people that think like that listen i mean but sometimes it'd it be true it's just when it's all when you always say it come on now Sometimes right. it is true. Sorry, you're looking. No, 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 no. And I was just saying, like, my little cousins will call me for like certain things, and my, I preach to them: utilize your resources. You have mm. access to Google. I like. I'm gonna tell you eventually. Tell you what you need to know. But I need to. I need to make sure that you have done what you can do mm. to one figure out what you like. Find out what you're looking for because 
I just refuse, like, and I feel like that's me reaching back, like making your ass Google the shit, research the shit, and come to me with something. Like, don't come to me with a problem without some sort of solution. That's how I really handle that. And I don't that's know. That's good, Justin. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, you know, I, you know, it's not everything. I know that's not the conversation today, but we make a ton of excuses. You know, some of us make a ton of excuses, and I'm talking about black people. Um, and I know well, that's that not, is that's part of the, the conversation. Like, is 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 our struggle, quote unquote, that they like to pin on us because of us, or is it you know them? And I I think we have agreed that it is a combination of both. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to get out of these things that we're in. Now, I think I've said this before. I do feel like this is still white man's world, and so we're not gonna get fully out of it and be placed where they are because clearly, you know, this orange man can say whatever he wants to and do all these kind of stupid things and still be glorified as, I guess, the president. I don't know what he is, but anyways. um, Right. You know, like they get it. They they will still get away with things that we can't get away with. However, I do feel like we can get out of some of this quote-unquote struggle. But... if we put our minds to it. If we put our minds to if it. If our minds... Wait, never mind. I forgot the quote. Never mind. <laughs> you know what? I'm done with you. So, one more question that's kind of funny. Um, okay. What are some things, just give me two, that you went through as a kid, witnessed as a kid, that's pretty much kind of like... Black? What? No, yeah, it's black. it's black. It's 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 kind of like struggle black, like things that you know you don't got all the money or you don't have all of whatever in your house, so you do these things and some things that you still do now. Hmm. I think y'all know what I'm trying to ask y'all. I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, I, I have an <laughs> idea what you're trying to ask. I'm just trying to see. One of mine is no matter what. I always eat all the food on my plate. Like, like I don't waste food. <laughs> so like I don't waste food. So really? like if I'm at a restaurant or if I'm eating at somebody's house, I all like it is rare that I have to throw stuff away. And if I do, I literally feel like bad about it. Like I cringe inside to have to throw food away. Cause when I was a kid, it was like you better eat everything that's on your plate. <laughs> and I and like one time I had I I love condiments. So as a kid, I put a whole bunch of mustard on a hot dog. Oh god. I'm talking about dumb mustard, y'all. It was hanging all oh off the plate. Gosh, it's and my grandma said, mustard. she said, You better eat all that mustard. And she made me she made me get a piece of bread and eat Stop straight mustard. And eat all that. Cause she was like, You don't waste food. And so now it's difficult for me to to like save food. Cause I'd be like, I, I gotta eat it. Like that's like my I guess that's a black thing. Like you gotta eat all your food. So speaking of condiments. That is one of mine. I save condiments like oh, the packets. No, yes. Oh my god, I hate that. <laughs> and napkins. Like I will go oh, to no, a fast food I restaurant and just 
pick up like 50 napkins. I do that and put them in my car. Correct. Why you got all these napkins? I have all the napkins. But think about every time you've needed a napkin, it's been there. It's been every in the car. Time. <laughs> every time. But I feel like that's something black people do. <laughs> like I, I've, ne- I've never seen a white person like go in the store and just get all this ketchup. Why you need all ketchup? <laughs> because it's going to the house with me. <laughs> I have Chick-fil-A sauces because you know they give you all the sauce oh they give you all the sauce yeah in a drawer in my house i mean you know it'd be sunday and i might cook some chicken and i'm gonna have that doggone chick-fil-a barbecue sauce oh my god listen one of my good friends yolanda in college shout out to yolanda we would go eat out y'all like you know the ketchup that be on the table like the big bottle she would take take that ketchup Every time. Because <laughs> she loved ketchup. So it was just still the ketchup bottle. And this was around the time when, like, the new Heinz ketchup bottle. Yeah. The, the, new, the new look of it. She would still ketchup bottles all the time. <laughs> and I was like, girl, you so fucking ratchet for that. That is so ratchet. But I think I kind of reprogram myself, y'all, because I really, like, I hate trash. I hate, You know how people, black folks, keep grocery bags? Oh, I still do. I hate grocery bags. I do not. I yeah, I'm with I you. Like keep them. For what? You still keep these using them. Ba- what you use them for? I'll tell you. My bathroom uh trash can. That's black. That's black. They have, they have bathroom trash bags. I'm not buying those when I get them for free when I go to the grocery store. My oh, best friend sister just said that to me the other day. She was Why like, would I buy them? They trash bags. I I use them for trash bags in the house. I use them for trash bags in the car. Put them right on the um on the gear shift and it put it right there for a little looks, trash bag. Just, ain't nothing wrong like with them trash bags. I know it ain't nothing wrong with it. I just don't wrong like to with see them it. You're right. But bags. I don't I be use taking them. my lunch in them bags. I get the scented uh exactly. small trash can and bags. Fine. And I'm gonna get the big ones and use my Tom Thumb bag. Jesus. Um <laughs> I don't like fun. the only condiments I keep is the little Asian packets like um soy sauce. Soy sauce, that's it, because I ain't buying it. Duck sauce. Um, but I don't know, I just I really don't I really don't, I don't know. So you don't do anything that, like, you grew up doing that you was, like, you just question, like, why I still do this? No, because I had to do it so much to the point where, like, you know what? And I've told y'all, I've talked about this on the show. Like, when I moved into my apartment, I was like, I want a functional house. I want everything to have a place. I want everything to have a purpose. Yeah. If I'm using, if I'm bringing in bags from the grocery store, it's just for that and I'm throwing that bitch in the trash (laughs) because I'm going to buy trash bags. I mean, it's, I mean, it's okay. It's just that. But what if somebody like come to your house and you give them stuff like you don't have no bags for them to walk out? Because I keep a few of them, but I don't keep a lot of them. Like I might keep five or six bags, but I'm not keeping a whole bunch of them like we did when I was a kid. Well, you know, cars still have my Pyrex dish here, so, I mean... Did you... But did she <laughs> no. walk out of the house with, with just, just the, the Pyrex dish? Yeah, I don't have a bag. Yeah, I did walk out of the house with yeah. just the Pyrex dish. See, that, I think that's kind of what the bags are for. Like, if somebody's leaving but and they need to put a bag... leave the bag? Like, the bag just be... You open up the drawer, drawer the bags just fall out of the drawer. Like, <laughs> that's what I don't No, like. they don't. I don't have that many. You don't need to have that many. I have about... Ten down there. So you I count the bags. Okay, I replenish well, I can, that. I can add one more. Ten. Sometimes I throw them away. Sometimes I don't. I used to, but what I realized is if you have too many, they be like getting bugs in them. Oh. Really? Yeah. Like if you keep them, because I keep them under my kitchen sink. So like they're like, because they're damp and like it's dark down there. So I feel like <laughs> like one time I pull some, I don't do Even bugs. Even more reason to throw them hoes so, away. No, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I'm definitely not judging mean. people when I see a, a, a grocery store bag in their trash can. It's just not something that I, I, I prefer to see. And that's just how it is. I, I think it's not something that. I think the too. only thing I do, and, and this may not, 
this is not my struggle, right? <laughs> like, I eat very fast. Listen, Nick, I eat fast too. Do you I really? Three seconds. Food is done. Done. Donezo. And let me tell you why I eat fast. Because my dad eats very fast. And when I was little, my dad, I kind of like mimicked him. He was like just somebody that I just like really loved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was my hero. My dad was the youngest of 11 siblings. And so he says that like he would have to eat his food because if he didn't, his brothers would like eat his food. My little sister says that. So he eats fast. And so I done picked up his struggle. And wow. I eat fast for no reason. Like, <laughs> I ain't grow up with nobody in the house with me. What I'm eating fast for. But, yeah, I eat fast because my daddy ate fast. Listen, next time y'all coming to my house and y'all see some blood, like, I just, I'm pretty sure there's something. I just can't identify, like, what is it? You don't never have no toilet paper in that bathroom. It's because I don't that really feel it. That is true. It's because I have toilet paper. I just don't, like, like put the new roll in the rack. No paper towels. It don't be no because that, well, first of all, that's my guest bathroom. So if I have to take a shit, I'm going in my bathroom. And guys don't need ba- paper towel to pee. So that's why. That's why. That's y'all fault. Y'all need to replace that shit because y'all be peeing a storm. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, he just got defensive. Yeah. Told him we had Cause I don't like when you say that. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> because it's like people think that I don't. But have why have a guest bathroom and not be able to have tissue for the guests? I do to have use. tissue. It's just not on the rack. Whenever y'all decides to uh, use the restroom, y'all just go in the closet. That's right. Black. So it's, it's I was okay. about to say because I black. I feel like that's more black. of a male thing no, than being black. It's black. I've been black to hella people's houses and you be like, paper towel. where the tissue and I had at? To use paper towel when I came to your house. That is black. Oh, one time, nigga. Are we really one going time. there? One time, well, I didn't have toilet paper. No, I. You see why you got defensive? I wasn't Man, even just, saying it negatively. It is a black thing, though. People no, don't be having. I feel like that's more like I feel like a lot of guys probably just don't do that. So it's not a black thing as if you don't have toilet tissue in your house. What's it? What black people don't replace things like somebody <sighs> will drink. All of the orange juice, but a little bit of corner, and they'll put it back, back in the refrigerator. In like, that's things that she's saying, like, that black people do. I disagree. <laughs> is that what you were saying? No. Yes. That is what I was saying. <laughs> I agree. Next time y'all at my house, look for some, look, look <laughs> for some black shit. You got so defensive. No, I'm not yes, defensive. Look, next time you're at my house, look, at, look for some black shit, because I'm sure I got something in there. I just can't think of it. I really can't. Well, the purpose is just to time? highlight the fact that. I put cookies in the freezer because I really like them cold. Is that black? But do you, no. Do you keep leftovers in the refrigerator for a long time? I do. That's a black thing. That's not a black thing. That's a lazy thing. Do you put. <laughs> you see how you trying to we like, not, we I'm not, not trying to do anything I'm just talking we're not going to go back and forth about what's black and what's not <laughs> I'm just curious because I need oh to know God. even if I said it was black you going to tell me it ain't well I'm just going to tell you what I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing then well I agree with the toilet tissue thing. I feel like that's what it is I, never be Cara a- and I have identified oh gosh. that that is Y'all let us know. Tweet me or tweet Millennial Love and do pound ML3 with your answer. Yeah. The purpose, though, for this conversation was just to highlight that although we as a people go through things that someone else would consider a struggle, Struggle. we were able to learn from those things 
and still have very fulfilling lives. Like that's the whole thing about the. Qu- I do do something. Listen. When I run out of dish detergent, I add water to make it stretch. Oh, that is. There you go. No. That is like. All right. I've even seen my cousin add water to lotion, and that's something I've never done. Won't that make you more ashy? I guess they add. It like thins it out. My cousin add water to lotion. I said, you (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) Added water to some lotion. Now that's terrible. You know what? I don't do that anymore. But it was, you know, it was just, I guess it was enough to like lather the lotion that was stuck to the bottle. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, that I makes sense. That's actually kind of smart. It is smart. No, that's it really what I'm is. saying is that we have life hacks. You yes, know what I'm saying? Do. Like yeah. we are, we as a people are able to take something from nothing and or yeah, yeah, take make not, make something, something out of nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and water make a dollar out of your teens. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. And we use our village, like Cara. You know, like you live with your grandparents but your parents are around but we, they use their village to help you know what i'm saying right. and like correct justin like you were saying like you know as far as growing up with your grandma as well mm-hmm. using the village and then with me just being independent like learning how to be independent at an early age i don't want to say that all of these things need to be our norm but i think that instead of us looking at things that we've gone through or things that our people go through as such negative, you can actually see the positive out of the things that we go through. And that's what makes, you know, we talked about black privilege before, like that's what makes us a great people Mm -hmm. is because we're so resilient, resourceful, and we can use the things that we've gone through to build us to the next level. So I would like to see the entire culture get to that place. I think that it is possible um, we're making great strides now, but we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it starts with us now. Like when we become parents, to then instill the things that we said, those things we identified that we didn't have, to then give those things to our kids. I agree. So yeah, for sure. Um, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> We ended it? <laughs> no. I'm just about to get them the hashtag. Hashtag ML3 while you're listening um, on Twitter. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. All at Millennial Love. That's LOV3. And vote for us again on Cosign Awards. What's the website? You can vote for us at <laughs> www.cosignmag. That's M-A-G. Dot com backslash cosine awards. You can vote five times too. Five <laughs> times per day. <laughs> A day. She over here with this. You can vote five times. <laughs> and then him. You can vote five times a day. Now that was bleak. That's bleak. Okay. Black. Okay, so for the millennial moment, we had Trey right in. Shout out to Trey. I'm not what gonna up, say Trey, his Trey. last name. Trey said, I just moved to a new city and I only have one friend that I knew from college. We hang out, we hung out all the time when I moved here because I didn't know anyone. Now I've been here for about a year and a half and I have developed a small group of friends, but it's still my initial friend is still one of my main friends, a part of that core group. But now that friend is in a relationship. And he legit is not around anymore. He always flakes. 
And I know his girlfriend is a dud. I know she be cheating on him. And he's told me a lot of the situations that she has put him in. And I just know. So can I get some advice on how to proceed on whether or not I should continue the friendship or if I should just chill on it? I don't think that's grounds to terminate the friendship. I think you just have to let your friend be in that space that they're in. Um, and be there to support them. Um, but I think as, you know, as we get older, um, we have to know how to, we have to learn how to not take that distance uh, offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, your friend is just in a period in his life where his focus is relationship. And regardless if you deem what his girlfriend is doing is right or wrong, that's really none of your business. Um, and if he's okay with it, then that's fine. I just think you need to be there to support um, and seek, you know, go find new friends so you can, you know, enjoy your time. But I don't think that it's like, okay, you have to end the friendship. Because, mm. you know, it's not fair. Like, who are you? I know you're a friend, but <laughs> it's just like. Who are you? Who I'm, are me to judge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, because the, the next thing you know, you may find, like, somebody two what weeks. What that even he may find somebody and get booed up. Like sometimes you just sometimes you just want to lay up for six months. You don't want to post up. <laughs> you I'm so sleepy. Up. I'm about to start seeing all types of retarded stuff. But you going out after this though? Maybe it's eleven o'clock. I might not. Eleven o'clock. This girl said eleven. I ain't canceled yet, but I'm I'm a I just don't show up type of person. I don't really. I'm not a follow up like that. Mm. I'm a you hit me up the next day what happened and I'd be like oh I fell asleep type person <laughs> cause that's what's about to happen I'm about to fall asleep but to Trey I, I don't know do whatever you want to do like <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Michelle we gonna just now nah, I'm gonna answer cause she she's dead tonight I'm so sleepy I honestly I'm so sleepy I'm done and she Trey, said he loved the clock. What's yeah, wrong with you? yeah, that baby's slurring. It's the head. Um, going back into time. You know what, Trey? I say, <laughs> I say, just fall back. Like, yes, like, back. don't necessarily end the friendship, but stop asking them to go hang out. Like, do your own thing. Learn how to be by yourself. And when they come back, because they will, just be like, just clown them a little bit, and then keep it moving. Like. And then when they, you know, when the girl, he finds out that she's cheating, then, you know, you just be there. But in the meantime, just fall back. The only way I would take it personal is if they were, if they, if they were unable to, like, come for me at a very, like, pivotal moment. Like, if I went to jail and I call you and you never, like, answer your phone. Like, I would be upset at that, you know. But just don't take it personal. Did he, did he tell him that the girlfriend is cheating on him? Mm-mm. That, it didn't say in there. So I am an advocate of minding your own business. However, um, I do think it's important to at least, if you care about this friend, at least let them know that they need to evaluate the relationship that they're in. That's all. I don't, I don't think that you have to give them a whole explanation or tell them, you know, what you think is going on or whatever like that. But I, I am an advocate for at least making your friends think so that would be my you know input is just to make your friend think at least so when they do come back and you clown them they know why they can clown yeah 
I don't know how I don't know how many conversations I've had with my friends, and I'm like, don't go that way, don't don't do, do it. it, and they do it anyway. So it's just like, okay, I just don't even I don't even get in their business no more. I just really don't. Yeah, I think I've been the same. Like it with women, it's very like any sort of relationship talk is so sensitive. And even if they ask you for advice and you give it to them, they may not use it against you later, but it, it's just different with women. Like, it's hard to to give relationship advice to my female friends. So, but yeah. with men, I'm sure. I don't know the differences with men or whatever. If y'all be like, man, she a hoe. Well, you know, but, that, that episode of um, Insecure, Insecure, where old boy was kind of made Lawrence think, like, dude, you were a part of the problem, too. That's, you know, kind of what I'm saying. It's just, just make them think a little bit. Yeah. 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 But I know, Carla, you normally do the word of the day, but I have a quote that I want to. Wait. Uh, so you, this so is we didn't, awkward. but we didn't do the word of the day last week. Yes, we we did. did. No, we did not. We did not do a word of the day last week. No, we didn't. Thank you <laughs> very <Shut> much. <laughs> Thank you. We could do both. Now go with your quote. <laughs> go with this word because this quote is very thought provoking so I want them to hear this say your word real quick it's just a word why you had to do me like that I feel some type of way she's still don't. trying to pull it up <laughs> no I don't I don't sit right here come on let's go <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to use first um okay no, I don't want to use that one either. See, you see. You see okay, girl, go with your quote because I'm about to leave. No. <laughs> Wait a second. I need a pool. Hurry up. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Ready? The word of the day is a pangram. Everybody say it. <laughs> a pangram. Pangram. Oh, pangram, not a pangram. No. Yeah, it is. It's a noun, so it's a yeah. pangram. A pangram. Pangram. A Let's pan say it together like we usually do. Okay, ready? ready? Pangram. A pangram is a sentence, verse, etc. that includes all of the letters of the alphabet. Okay. Isn't that really cool? That's extremely cool. Show what's your quote? Because <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to use that in the same. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog is a pangram. Have you ever heard of that one? No. You never heard of that? The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog? Mm -mm. Oh, I've heard that a bunch. Anyway, so that's a pangram. A that's a that good have, word. That has all of the alphabets in it. Yeah. It's, the letters of the alphabet. That's yeah. a pangram. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, it really is very cool. I, I had no clue about that word. I promise you. Pangram. A pangram. Fuck you, Justin. Well, I'm being dead no, ass. No, you're not. I on, am Carl. trying not to laugh, but I'm not doing very it's good It's a pangram. It. Okay, so I just want to leave you guys with this quote. <clears throat> this is coming from the Malcolm X. We must recapture our own heritage and our identity if we are ever to liberate ourselves from the bonds of white supremacy. Mm. So in relation to the episode, capture your own culture. Bye. Bye, guys.